the eight, uh, May, oh my God, I almost said April, the May 8th edition of the PFF forecast. It's George, it's Eric. It's we go back in time, the Jets could pick some other player at 36. Stop. You don't, don't you dare bring football into this beautiful Formula One NBA playoff uh, USFL Sunday. We are both sitting here uh, sweating out bets. We're going to have an awesome uh, conversation about some football, I promise. We're going to talk about how um, I almost won a lot of money on the Derby <laughs> uh, and how our friend Gordon McGinnis actually won a lot of money on the Derby. And uh, it's going to be a great, uh, great conversation. We're going to talk about the look ahead lines for the international slate. I almost said European, but there are, there's a game in Mexico City, thank God. And we're going to look at those lines, talk about which side we would bet. Let's rock. There's just no stopping Max for stopping, you know? Oh, nice, nice. You know, it's just, you can't be stopped here. Um, we are 20 laps uh, through the Miami Grand, Grand Prix. Is that, that how it's right? pronounced? That's how it's pronounced. The, the, the guy that is winning the- this, this, this manages to be the most insufferable version of- <laughs> this, is gonna be, this is gonna be for you what it's like for me to listen to the Chiefs, the, the Kansas Cynthia Chief here okay. during the season. Okay. But here, here's one you'll like. So it's called the, a Grand Prix. It's also the, the guy that is currently winning the driver's championship. His name is spelled like Charles, but it's pronounced Charles. <laughs> He's actually kind of a baller. But um, I, so, so uh, Max Verstappen is actually, I do not like Max Verstappen. But I love betting Max Verstappen because he's really freaking good at at, uh, at driving. He went off at plus 190 um, in most places. I got him at two to one. Uh, to win. He's currently, so he started in third. Now I have to give a shout out here because um, our friend Brad Kondo, uh, head of engineering uh, here at PFF, yesterday we were talking about it and he's like, I kind of like Max in third better than second because he gets kind of a clean lane on right, the first right, corner. Right. And of course he capitalizes, gets into second uh, right out of the start and then catches uh, Leclerc, Leclerc actually. That's uh, pronounced. Next thing you're going to tell me, this is called Formula One. <laughs> Formula uh, One catches Leclerc uh, right uh, shortly thereafter because the Red Bull is just a faster car uh, in the straights than uh, Ferrari is. And so, what you're about to witness is um, me winning a bet for the majority of this race, and somehow it's going to come crashing down. It's all going to go to complete and utter garbage. Um, so that's that's the update on. Formula One. What are you sweating right now? Uh, I have a little bit. So I didn't bet the Derby, by the way. We'll talk uh -huh. about the Derby in a second. Like, I just didn't know the horses. It caught up. It, like, I, a great story I have is, you know, I went to the, uh, like, this was like 12 years ago when I was in college, and I went to, like, a um, a party, and somebody asked me if I the watched. Yeah, somebody asked me if I watched the uh, Kentucky Derby and and like trying to fit in. I was like, oh, part of it. And they're like, it's a 90 minute, it's a 90 second race. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I'll never make that mistake again. I didn't watch any of it. Um, but um, uh, I had some WNBA, I had some USFL, I had some MLS. You love to see it. Um, 
I Did you it. bet the Derby? I didn't bet the Derby. I told you. Oh, you just did yeah. something. Sorry. I didn't bet the Derby. Um, Why not? I like. I always feel like the long shot is gonna win, and like, and it's I, sort of a birthday problem for me, where uh-huh. like I know a long shot's gonna win, but like I don't know which one. And so, you like, just listen how, to Gordon. Yesterday. How many people actually had the winning horse? Rich strike. So I don't know how many. All I know is that I was talking to the uh, Gordon McGinnis, who um, is the uh, chief of our social media uh, team, and. Uh, I was like, are you betting the Derby? Because he lives in, in Scotland and like mm-hmm. bets, you know, the, the right over there they bet a lot more and horse racing is something that he bets frequently. So I figured maybe he'd have some information. He's like, I'm just about to look. I have no idea. So he tells me who he's betting. He's got, um, you know, Summer is Tomorrow. I like the name. Uh, some other horse. I heard he's really good. And then Rich Strike, he's like, he's the biggest long shot. I kind of like the name. So I was like, let's, let's see, let it ride. See, I can't even like... And I guess this is like the frustration for me as a better. Like I'm, I, I'm watching USFL right now. Or I have it on. I laid uh, minus one ninety for New Orleans to win. It's closed at like minus two sixty, and they're losing. Like it's just like so. Maybe I'm just I'm just frustrated that that uh, Kyle Sloter can't stop throwing interceptions, and uh, and like I'm I'm getting the best of it, and I'm still gonna lose. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when somebody just picks the horse because they like the name, it's like, oh, you know. It's uh, tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. The one, the interesting thing about the Derby yesterday, so I did do a little bit of research, and you hate to see this happen, but the research I did led me to the right conclusion about what would happen in the race, which was that it would be one of the fastest starts that we've ever seen. I don't know if it ended up being the fastest start that we'd ever seen, but when, the, when it is such a fast start like that, and it's a longer distance than any of these horses have raced. There's you, you expect it to slow down, and mm-hmm. it gives it a chance for someone that has been, you know, kind of pacing themselves to come from behind at the end. And that's exactly what happened with a horse who literally wasn't in the race until 30 minutes before the deadline. Dude. It was actually at a, a track here in Cincinnati because it's so close to Louisville, and. Um, and I, and I just hope over. Chris owned the horse. I, I was been... I was thinking that too when I saw that. I was like, wait, maybe Chris owns the horse, yeah. but um, I don't think that's the case because I think we would have heard uh, if he had. Verstappen uh, still has like a four second lead here, but um, Leclerc just just uh, got the fastest lap. I'm trying to keep uh, Ben Stockwell also, who does who is the. Um, I don't know his actual title is Director of Analysis. Is that what it is? Director of Analysis? Yeah. Yeah. He, he like, runs all the grading. He runs all the grading. Um, Titles don't matter. But uh, he is a a astute follower of Formula One, and he has told me um, Ferrari have no answer. So I'm taking that as gospel. We can stop even watching the race now. Okay. Yeah, good. Well, uh, yeah, right now I have that game, and then I also have – I think I'm going to go to one of these games because it's only a couple hours away with one of my daughters, but, like, the Indiana Fever – uh, plus, plus seven against your Los Angeles Sparks. Uh, they they got out to a decent uh, start, but uh, have since faded a little bit. So, um, yeah, there, there's all kinds of stuff on right now. No guess, football guess, other than USFL. Which guess I, who's in the arguably football? Guess who's in the chat? Guess who's back? Who's that? The oh, Nags. Oh, is that Aaron? Nice. Aaron Nagler. Which means we should talk about the uh, the football that we were going to talk about today which is they they finally released some of the games the rest of the games are coming out on the 11th but they got a head start with the um, international slate so there are games in London there's a game in Germany shout out to our guy Timo 
He's, he's got to go to that game. We got we, we got to get him to that game. Yep. Uh, and then there's a game in Mexico City. And so there are lines, of course, uh, posted for this. And I feel like it makes sense for us to talk through them. Maybe I, we can't really guess the lines because we've seen the lines already, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I can tell you, like, sort of where our at least initial yeah, and, and ELO like, ratings I can are. T- and I think, you know, it's fair enough. We've done this enough where we can kind of say, hey, here's where we might have we might have been leaning, and then here's where the numbers well, are. Well, and there are some, like, places. So, like, DraftKings and, and for example, like, if you look at betonline.ag, they have, like, different numbers for these, so you can mm-hmm. pick some of them off if you want to. Um, just discrepancies that you're not going to get uh, elsewhere. So, Where do you want to start? Which game? Yeah, so let's – so, for one, the first game that's offered is actually not an overseas game. It's the first Thursday night football game that's going to be on – uh, Amazon, right? Which is Herb Street, uh, Fred Gadelli, Al now. Michaels, and that's Kansas City hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the The line on this game, uh, as of yesterday, was Kansas City minus three total, fifty two and a half. Kansas City minus one sixty on the money line. What do you think about that one? Because I think this is the only one of these games where you're not getting a true sort of you know home free home field advantage free line, right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, we would make, um, it looks like, with our numbers currently, uh, we would make the Chiefs about 2.8 points better than the Chargers. Now, we're a little lower on the Chargers than some people. We're a little higher on the Chiefs than others. We have the Chiefs third in our power rankings. Um, So basically, like, if you assume a home field advantage of, let's say, one uh, point or so, Mm -hmm. then there's still an edge here to be had on, on laying it with... The Chiefs, the Chiefs last time against the Chargers, last time they were home against the Chargers, failed to cover, failed to win as six-point favorites. The, the, the last time they played the Chargers, they covered by winning by six in overtime mm-hmm. in a game where the Chargers famously went for five fourth downs, missed three of them, uh, including two right near the goal line. Uh, what would like? Where do you want to start here? Do you think this line's fair? Do you think this is a good representation of where these two teams are at, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera? I would, I would have made this two and a half. I would have made this two and a half. And the reason that I would have made it two and a half is we just, we don't know about either team, but I think for the first time, there are some questions about the Chiefs. It's going to be a different, a different offense. This is the first time we come into the season with significant questions about whether the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, because I don't think they are. And, you know, last year they opened Cleveland. Think about this. Cleveland was coming off an 11 and five season. Uh, won a playoff game against Pittsburgh, lost a close one in Kansas City, yep. and the game is an arrowhead. And you know we got the Chiefs, I believe, were favored by six on close in that game. Yep. So this one's all the Chargers are a nine and eight football team, right? Who has improved a lot for I, sure. Has a great quarterback, so it's a little bit different than Cleveland. Chiefs are not coming off a Super Bowl appearance, are coming off of kind of a bad loss in the AFC title game. And now they're being lined as only three-point favorites. So that's a little bit of good context for how much Kansas City has fallen in the eyes of odds makers. But I think that's, um, you know, I think you could look at it in one direction and go, oh, well, a total of 52 and a half, three points, not going to be worth nearly as much time. By the way, an incredible pit stop for Verstappen. Just can't be stopped. A great throw by Kyle Sloter, by the way. (laughs) Um, And you could say, hey, the three isn't worth as much. But... I, I think it's fair to say, look, the, the changes for the Chargers are th- there's a lot of positive addition on the defensive side of the ball, right? On the offensive side of the ball, you do have a lot of continuity there. And when you think about the Chiefs, this is the matchup that for me sticks out. And I want to 
you to tell me how big of a issue this is for you as a Chiefs fan. The big addition, big additions for the Chargers, defensive back J.C. Jackson and uh, Khalil Mack, pass rush. So two mm-hmm. pass rushers, they've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You have on the Chiefs side of things a new receiving core. So I'm looking at maybe a little hesitancy from Mahomes. Look, I, I think Mahomes is going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But does he figure it out in this game? Does it take him a half? Does he figure it out five games into the season? Yeah. And for the Chargers, I'm not worried about the time for their defensive additions to gel. But I am worried about the Kansas City Chiefs figuring out how to get open with Juju and MVS against a really good defense with great pass rush. And Sky Moore. And, but yeah, you're right. And, and the, the Chiefs, I mean, there's a lot of projection going in. Now, this is a very interesting context. So the Chiefs played the Chargers in week three of last year. Chiefs were seven-point favorites on close. I said six. I believe it got out there. That game had 19-mile-per-hour wins, mm-hmm. and the total was still 54.5. So that's two points higher than what we're dealing with right now. And I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's like the Chargers defense isn't quite as sieve as it used to be with Sebastian Joseph Day playing defensive tackle. They're going to be able to stop the run better. The Chiefs, you know, we still don't, there's still uncertainty with Orlando Brown. Like mm-hmm. he still hasn't mm-hmm. signed his tag. I'm assuming he'll play, but who knows what kind of shape he'll be in. Right tackle, you know, is probably going to be a better situation for the Chiefs. But wide receiver, it's a clear downgrade. Um, it, you're looking for the collective as opposed, you're looking at the collective to do well. Now, I, from a Chargers perspective, like, I think the sharp play is to look at J.C. Jackson and say, okay, what what aspect of New England made him great? And is that transferable to the mm-hmm. Chargers? Because mm-hmm. they, they did, like, their defense struggled last year, let's be honest. Even with all the sharp things that Brandon Staley does, it did not stop people. Right. And so it's going to have to stop people this year. Khalil Mack, a little injured last year, you know, was, was performing at a really high level before. Bosa, obviously, is great. Um, linebacker and core, you know, Kenneth Murray, I think, is habitable. Um, and then the one thing that I think is really interesting, and I was talking to Seth Galina upstairs because he's doing the game, uh, he's sort of preparing for the game. Like, even though the Chargers have done better at stopping the run, they're still not, it's still a, a net advantage for the Chiefs because linebackers don't move against the Chiefs. We see mm-hmm. that with the tracking data. They, and, and the Chiefs have like come out and said, okay, you looked at the run game last year and we, we lo- it looked okay because of the yards per carry and stuff. But when you adjust for the fact that everybody was blocked up every single play, the running backs did horrendously for the Chiefs last year. Add in Ronald Jones, a guy who was a five-yard per carry, 1,000-yard back for a Super Bowl-winning team. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to bet, si- bet a side of this total, you're going to bet under because yep. I think the Chiefs, in their perfect situation, is going to do what they did against Buffalo last year in the, in the playoffs. And that game was playing under. If Mike Hughes doesn't fall down on Gabriel Davis's touchdown, that's an incomplete pass and it's a kneel down and that game goes under weirdly. I, I think the Chiefs try to run the football. I think they try to keep the thing kind of you know uh, confined and... Uh, you know that's their approach. I think the Chargers are similarly like that. Like I, well, and they've got they've got Joe Lombardi there. I mean, it'll be to be right. seen whether they're going to figure out an offense that doesn't um, hold Justin Herbert's arm under, uh, you know, under covers for, you know, half the game, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you would think that they, after last season, would have some validation for not doing that. But I, I like that. I'm I'm also um, I would not lay three points with the Chiefs. I think that there's yes, I, and I would take like. I have would have no. I would bet right now if I had to bet uh, both of these, I would bet Chargers plus three and uh, and under fifty two and a half. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd take it with it because like 
I, I think back to Mahomes' first career start, right? And, like, the Chargers were just coming off of a 7. Remember the 2017 Chargers? That was our first year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of friendship. They started 0-4. Yeah. They're the best 0-4 team in the league history. Yeah. Finished 9-7. and Don't make the playoffs because uh, Alex Smith beats them. Like, the Chiefs have kind of owned the Chargers in recent years. And, and I, I sort of think about there have been a number of games where betting the Chargers was sort of the sharp side and the mm-hmm. Chiefs you know, because of their chiefness or whatever, can kind of overcome it. But it'll be seen. Like, this is going to be a huge game. I don't know who the Chiefs open up with. You'd you'd think it would be on the road against the Bengals, maybe on Sunday Night Football. I don't know. But that'd be kind of fun. Um, But since they're opening at the Thursday night game at home, you'd think maybe it would be a a road game on Sunday. You know, Um, but... I don't think... I don't think the NFL wants to open up its season in Cincinnati. On Sunday night, it's going to be my guess. So uh, let, let's diverge a little bit here. So who do you think is the Thursday night game? So it's it's going to be Rams at home against who's who are their opponents here? Because uh, last year we nailed this. We did. Um, it would have been Chiefs Bengals if the if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl, right? Like that that would have been yes, because they would have had to go to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, they would have had to go to Cincinnati. Um, so you have Arizona, you have all the divisional rivals. You have the AFC West. Uh, for the, uh, I'm not sure you, if it, and you have the NFC South, so you could go Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, but that's at Raymond James. We've never seen that other than the Baltimore it, game. It will be in Los Angeles. It will, so you have you have Dallas, which could be one. Buffalo at home is that would be a kind of a tough matchup first week. Let me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. So Dallas makes a ton of sense because of what that would mean. And they also opened Sunday Night Football, first game at SoFi two years ago. And Dallas was Dallas mm-hmm. was the opener last year, so maybe that is a little I don't bit think that matters. spreading the wealth. But I'll say here's, and I know I don't think they want to do a divisional game. You know, I don't. I don't think they've done one. I mean, Bears Packers was the was the, was the one was one, but that's but, a storied San Francisco. LA. San Francisco would have been because of that series last year. Yeah. That is such an, a compelling game, and the Jimmy Trey Lance. Correct. Question. The 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 uh, the drama over who's going to start a quarterback for that San Francisco team, I think, yeah. is is almost the the biggest reason so why. So I think I think those are the two um, that would be that would be um, on on Thursday night. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll see what ends up happening. What about Sunday night? I guess we that's too big of a question. There's a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities. You it it has to be. It doesn't have to be Bengals, no. but I think it, I think it could be Bengals. It could be Bengals. I think it could be Bengals if it's um, a really compelling team on the other side. But here's the thing to keep in mind: they don't want to do Chiefs that night because Chiefs have to go play Thursday night. Like you, right. you want, like but, I don't think they're. But when do you that. think about it from a um, from a broadcast standpoint, because the broadcasters, you know, I'll let you in on. I'm sure everyone knows this, but you know, the broadcasters go to the league and say, "Hey, here are the games we want." Right. And the league kind of plays this, you know, we'll give you just a little bit. You know, we try mm-hmm. to give everyone what they really want. But of course, everyone usually really wants some of the similar things. Right. Um, NBC got their number one choice, which was New England, Tampa Bay last year. Obviously, Brady Belichick. Oh, sure. Yep. Right. Later so, you know, you, you give and take there. But one thing that is really I think people overlook is good teams in small markets. The goodness of the team generally doesn't outweigh the smallness of the market yeah so it's why you see the giants and the and the cowboys and the eagles and yeah. the washington commanders on sunday football even though most of those teams suck right right yeah. no it's gonna it's gonna happen so I, I think the Bengals, for all the love that they've gotten i think that's going to be a, a challenging one i if i had to guess eric 
I would be very surprised if Tom Brady wasn't playing on Sunday night based on the uh, fact that he retired and unretired. I'm going to go ahead and say that, that Brady on Sunday night is, um, is a favorite. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it really matters who they play, to be perfectly honest. Right. But, um, you know, their division stinks. So it does, it's not going to be a divisional team. Um, but I think that's the, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we move on, I have a question for you, Sultan. The Sultan of Sunday. Sunday salts. Have you uh, have you had any luck with your yard? No, we 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 got a service. You did. Yeah, we got a service. Uh, okay, We're patronizing the locals. If you have, or if you were like Eric, okay, I'm gonna you know if you're like Eric and you just can't take care Be of your like lawn, me. can't take care of your <laughs> lawn. Uh, we have we have the fix for you. It's called Sunday. You would like to enjoy your Sundays. We're enjoying our Sunday right now. Don't spend your Sunday with your lawn. Let Sunday take care of it for you. If you have lawn weeds, bear patches, pet spots, Eric has all those and a bag of chips. Sunday can help you solve all of these problems and more, and they can do it the easy way. They've got everything you need from fertilizer to seeds to weed control and delivered right to your door. So here's how it works. Sunday helps you grow a beautiful lawn. There's no guesswork, no chemicals. You don't do any of that spraying baloney. It takes 15 minutes, actually less than 15 minutes if you're fully competent and you can get it for 20% off. So the full season plan, take care of it all year long, just $129 all year long. and you get 20% off at checkout. When you visit get Sunday, that's S U N D A Y.com slash forecast F R E C A S T 20% off your custom plan at get Sunday.com slash forecast. Don't be like Eric and have everyone in your entire town hating you. Take care of your lawn. You'll feel better for it. Uh, I have a, a good story that this reminds me of uh, a friend of ours, uh, Mike. Well, you, you, he w- he was at the SportCon conference with us like four or five years ago, and whenever he grew up in Minnesota with me, whenever the Vikings, so he knew the Sultan. Whenever, whenever, uh, whenever the Vikings get down, you know, he goes, he he always texts me and he goes, "Up oh, the lawnmowers are starting, are starting up. <laughs> They're coming out. Yeah, yeah like you know, honey, I'm uh, I'm getting back on. to the third quarter. It's Indianapolis twenty four, Minnesota three, and all of a sudden in the background, I'm like, Arr. yeah. Oh man, <laughs> That's how you sounds know it's fun. over. Sounds fun. I think you know it's over. Uh, first uh, first house you buy, first child you have. But I digress. Oh, Let's get geez. to the second game here. Not to be an asshole. Um, <laughs> this one time. Yeah, this one time. By the way, I went on a Jets podcast uh, yesterday. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's out yet. I'll retweet it when it airs. But had a long, good conversation with a very passionate Jets fan who thinks differently from us. And we disagreed. And it's okay. We managed uh, not to yell and swear and shout at each other. So, yes, I can do that. Okay. It was very interesting listening to Jason Fitzgerald's show because he... Um, Jason, over the cap. Over the cap. Yep. He said he said the jet stuff so much more nicely than I ever have, but it was it was very much he was very unrelenting in his take that uh, trading up for a running back is a in fact hashtag dumb decision. I I think I did a good job on the podcast. I was a little um, animated on our podcast when I talked about the Jets, and it really had nothing to do with the Jets. That was the thing that I tried to make clear. It was more about um, the process and celebrating that process and. Um, really had nothing to do with the Jets. I hope the Jets win. I love their over. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go Viking Saints. Oh, real quick. Love. Um, so 
So the Vikings here favored by, this is a very interesting one because this sort of shows you the differences between these two teams. So Vikings are minus 115 on the money line. Uh, Saints are minus 105. That makes the Vikings a one point favorite. One's not worth a lot in the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, total is 46 and a half. I think the total is very interesting. And this one's in London, yeah? This one, I believe at Tottenham. Yep. Tottenham um, Hotspur. So, just, a, just a quick little update here. Uh, it looks like looks like there's no stopping Max Verstappen. So, so we make New Orleans <laughs> in our power ranking about a tenth of a point better than the Vikings, right? So, New Orleans mm -hmm. last year finishes nine and eight. Mm -hmm. The Vikings finish eight and nine. Um, we don't see there being that big of a distinction between the two. I, if you gun to my head, ask me, okay, what is what is J Taysom Hill's start, starting record as an NFL quarterback? He went three and one in, in 2020. I think we all remember that. Mm -hmm. he went four and one as a starter last year. Mm -hmm. How freaking unreal is that? Yeah, it's insane. I look at this number and I am very, I'm here for the over. 46 and a half. Um, I just, I know that the Saints defense is great. Saints defense is awesome. But, um, I think this number is a little depressed because, you know, new coaches, um, you'll have teams that, you know, want to run the ball and, and all that stuff. Uh, but you've also got teams with great receivers. You've got the Saints with receivers coming back. They just drafted Chris Olave, traded up for him. They'll want to show him off. And when you look at the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell's coming in here, not because he knows how to run the ball, but because he knows how to get an offense that can score a lot of points. And I think that's going to be the emphasis here. And then you look on the other side and you go, oh, who's playing quarterback there? Well, he's going to be, you know, Flame is mm -hmm. Jameis going to be out there winging it around. So. Yeah, I, the over is probably the only way. Because I think, like, here's, the, here's a couple of assumptions about the Minnesota Vikings that I think people have that are not founded in, in reality. A, that the defense... The defense was all Mike Zimmer's fault. No, the defense was bad personnel. Mm -hmm. Like, the yeah, defense is period. bad personnel. And I'm sorry, but Ed Donatel is not going to make that defense better, at least not week one, right? Like, Mike Zimmer, we're a couple of years removed from him putting together one of the best game plans. The idea that Mike Zimmer made the defense bad is comical. But the, and the, and the personnel, like, look, they drafted Lewis Seen. That's a good pick. Andrew Booth Jr., a good pick, I think. Um, you know, but those guys are going to be acclimated relatively slow, right? Mm -hmm. like right now, if, if you roll the ball out, the Vikings starting corners are Patrick Peterson, who's like in his, you know, is over the hill probably. Didn't played okay last year, um, but but still a year a year older and like $4 million less expensive to sign mm -hmm. on a one-year deal. So clearly uh, no one else wants him. Chan, something called Chandon Sullivan. Sorry, uh, Nagler. God, that's um, so mean. And, and then... Uh, Cameron Dantzler, who had a good year last year, but I think in a more of like a very fluky way. Mm -hmm. And then you have Harrison Smith, who's again a year older. And then you're de depending upon Zadarius Smith and Denell Hunter to rush the passer, which I, I think, you know, like they the Vikings were like a top five team in sacks last year. Do you think they're going to get better throwing out Everson Griffin, putting in Zadarius Smith, Denell Hunter now playing in a different scheme where they're asking him to stand up as opposed to like, there's going to be a lot of adjustments for them defensively. The Saints, you know, they lose Armstead, which is not great, but they get Penning. Interesting. Jameis, Jameis played pretty damn well last year. Uh, obviously you have Kamara, you have Thomas, you have Olave. 
and then you have a defense. So to me, I think the Saints are the right side in this game. The the total, if anything, I'd bet over, but I respect the Saints defense. They went and got yeah. Marcus May as a good safety. They got Tyron Matthews, a good all around player. They went ahead and got um uh, you know, and then in a corner they have Lattimore. Uh, you know, uh, he's a, f- a fantastic player. They have Davenport. They have Cameron Jordan. Um, you know, all those players up front. Demario Davis playing linebacker. That's a good defense. Like, this is a game I feel like where the Vikings have advantages in, in some key spots. Quarterback, you know, uh, skill position. But I, I, this is a game where I would like the Saints, honestly. I'm with you. I can ride with that. I, I didn't think you were going to take the Vikings, that's for sure. But my favorite bet here is the over. Let's go Packers. Packers Giants. Um, this one is at Wembley, correct? I believe so. Okay. Uh, London, same thing. Um, the Packers six and a half point favorites. Uh, total forty five and a half. Obviously, Giants now with the new um, coaching staff. Theoretically, one that is not um, severely disabled uh, from a offensive game planning mm-hmm. <laughs> situation. Um, and the Packers, obviously without Devontae Adams here. So, gosh, this one's interesting. Six and a half. I guess I would have thought this was going to be seven, to be honest with you. I think that half point is a little bit of a head nod to Devontae Adams, to be perfectly honest. Um, what's your take? Yeah, we make it like 5.2, which is not that much different than six and a half. Six is a relatively key number. Um, so I guess you round up there. Uh, here's my thing with the Giants, right? A lot of what we don't, a lot of what we don't know about the Giants is attributed to coaching from last year, mm-hmm. right? Like right. we, I mean, they had they have good players on this team, and um, you know, I think the Packers had a pretty damn good draft, especially you know in the later rounds uh, last week. Um, so they're they're going to be improved. But you look at the you look at the Giants, you look at the offensive line, you know, Thomas and Neal at tackles. It's going to be a you know, assuming Neil comes to comes to Jesus quickly, will be a fairly solid player. You have Jones, you know, and you know Daniel Jones is what he is. But you have Galladay, Tony, Shepard as your three receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Jordan Aikens a tight end. It's not great. But then on defensive side of the ball, you have Aziz Ojolari who had eight sacks last year as a rookie. You have Kayvon Thibodeau is the top pick. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence up front. That defensive line is going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at corner, you know, you have you have you have Jack Dory Jackson. Uh, they're probably going to let Bradbury go. So there are some weaknesses on that team. But this is not a talentless team, right? Packers, you know, win thirteen straight, win thirteen games, three straight years. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of question marks about this team, though, right? Like, what are they going to do on the offensive line? What are they going to do at wide receiver? Uh, I think their defense is going to be great. And, and, you know, when you look at the total here, 45 and a half, I think that's reflecting two teams that they believe the defense is going to be pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Packers, you know, this might look – if the Packers win the Super Bowl, it might look a lot like the 2010 team where that 2010 defense gave up 15 points a game. It was like top two or yeah. three in the league. Offense was slow to go. A lot of because injuries, Michael Finley got hurt, uh, uh, Ryan Grant got hurt, all this kind of stuff. This is – this team – and so this is October. This is like week five. I think that the Packers are still going to be in like a kind of a slow to go situation. I would not lay six and a half with the Packers in early October, but I do think this team, I think they're going to lean into defense early in the year and then kind of work the wide receivers into the mix as the, you know, the Dubes and the, and the Watsons. Yeah. I love the over in this game. 45 and a half. 
this is not week one of the NFL season. So by this point, you'll have Aaron Rodgers get a little acclimated to things. The Giants need to figure it out on offense. They need to give Daniel Jones the opportunity to sink or swim. That's clearly what they're doing, given what they've decided mm -hmm. to do by not picking up his option. So this is not a, hey, if he's not playing super well, we're going to run the ball type of situation. Mm -hmm. This is going to be, you're given every chance to sink or swim kind of situation. And what we've seen with Daniel Jones is he's good with that. He'll fling it and he'll fumble like three or four times. Like crazy. And uh, that'll give you a lot of opportunities, I think, to score some points. So 45 and a half, like, that's, that's the play here. I think, you know, gosh, you could think about teasing the Packers, um, you know, down, but that's, I think the over is the better play. Yeah. That's yeah. my take. Yeah, I, I, w I, if anything, would take the Giants on the spread in this game, but I, I think this this is probably fair. Um, all right, this is the barn. Bur I guess now Denver-Jacksonville was a horrible game when it was like week two or three this year, yeah. right? Probably better this year now. But you take Denver. It can't be worse. Denver with Russell Wilson. It can't be worse, Randy man. Gregory. Seriously? I mean. Uh, but then Jacksonville, Trayvon Walker, uh uh, who's Devin Lloyd um, and others, mm -hmm. Christian Kirk, yeah. uh, Zay Jones, and uh, an offensive line, and Brandon Sheriff. Let's not forget the guard. Yeah, let's not. They're six and a half point underdogs here. Now, they, they have, they won a game. They won a game last year in London. Like, right. London is kind of like. It's like home for them. It's like they're home for them. I make this more like, and again, this is probably because I'm not sharp, I'm not as high on uh -oh. Denver as the market. Got a crash. This is where it gets interesting. Okay, I make them. It's interesting. I think Denver should be four and a half point favorites this game. If you factor in a small home field and all this kind of stuff, total on game forty-seven. So, are you? Is this more of a pro Jacksonville regression upwards off of Barrett Meyer, or a the Denver Broncos in basically November? but you know, two months into the season, won't quite be firing on all cylinders kind of situation. I think that, I think it's gonna be tough for Denver to, to in, a, in that division, um, I think it's gonna to be tough for Denver. I think it's gonna to be tough. They have an easier schedule than the other three teams, granted. But, you know, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback who might not necessarily fit with this scheme. Uh-oh. Alert. That's the first I've heard of this. So we look at like the Nathaniel Hackett slash Matt LaFleur, and we're going to give most of the credit to Matt LaFleur, I would say, right? Um, sure. You know, Aaron Rodgers, when we look at like some fundamental uh, differences in his game, 2018, the last McCarthy year, Rodgers had 59 throwaways, right? Mm -hmm. He held on the ball 2.94 seconds. Yep. And which is about two-tenths of a second. And he had 34 range. scrambles, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 2019, first year with LeFleur, 46 throwaways, 27 scrambles. 2020, the MVP year, and, and 2.92 time to throw. So the first year with LeFleur, Rodgers still threw the ball away a lot. He still took a lot of time in the mm -hmm. pocket. Mm -hmm. He still scrambled a decent amount. And Ben Baldwin was still... You know, and his yards per attempt actually went down, right? Like, and Ben Baldwin was still kind of right about the about this, this specific player. 2020 is when it went from you know 38 throwaways, 25 scrambles, 2.68 time to throw. Mm -hmm. 
that's when, and we had Nagler on the show, that's when it was like something clicked when it was boom, 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 rhythm, rhythm type stuff that got Rodgers the MVP. And then last year, time to throw was a little bit even quicker, uh, fewer throwaways, uh, fewer scrambles. So even more, and, and granted, he dropped back 30, 48 times fewer. Now, when you look at Russell Wilson, like his, you know, and, and last year was actually a little bit different, which is kind of interesting. He was at 2.78 time to throw. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, the last four years prior, 3.12, 2.98, 2.95, 3.03. Now, I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying like the, the fundamental thing that was happening was the same, which is holding the ball too long, not getting the ball out with rhythm, all that kind of stuff. Does it take him an extra year, right, is the question. Like, are, are, you, we, are so, we looking at this as a, a transitional year for, for Russell Wilson? The reason that I, I pause on that is my belief is that Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more of a – Tough, tough nut to crack, shall we say? The complicated guy. Yeah, he's he's a little more stubborn, and that I would see Russell Wilson on the opposite end of that spectrum, where it's like Russell Wilson's going to come in, whether it's partially a show or not. Like he's going to go above and beyond to assimilate and to partner with his new coach, and so I could see it working out a little bit more quickly. I don't know, man. It, it's it's really interesting because I think that Russell Wilson is so excited to be a part of an offense that may, you know, have faith in him. I guess would mm-hmm. be that I think he goes all out to to try and you know learn and and maybe Rogers. There was a little bit of a yeah. I don't want I don't want it to be the system, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And he was yeah. So, sometimes you know, it takes it. Sometimes like really talented people take longer to to accept something that's good for them right and, and maybe wilson's this way wilson's a little bit less of a complicated guy than rogers is but yeah so i look at this and oh man the challenge that i have with jacksonville is do, do you think <laughs> and this is crazy to say because they spent so much money on the offense but if you're thinking about the offense moving forward, I do really think a lot of it has to be Doug Peterson coming in there. Mm-hmm. And while I do think it's a step in the right direction, I am still a little concerned by some of the things that that he did in, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of running on second and long that he did, relying on some, you know, obviously good fourth down variants, right? Which and third down variants and third down in variants. the year they won the Super Bowl. So I'm a little hesitant there. I don't think I'm ready to bet the Broncos minus six and a half right now. Let me be clear. Um, Jacksonville, by the way, also like defensively will not be a complete joke the way they were the last couple of years as well. Right. Like, you know, so I, I, again, you know, six and a half is tough. They're, they're basically begging people. Well, books don't beg people to lay bets, but like this number is, 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 you know, crying. The last two are crying out for you to lay less than a touchdown with two teams who are clearly superior right now to the teams they're facing. So, um, we are, we're at lap 43. There was a crash safety car. So people are bunched up a little bit and that allows for a little, when they restart the race, now the cars are closer to one another and there's opportunity for things to, uh, 
to get shaken up a little bit. So I have I have Lewis Hamilton um, and Valtteri Bottas. Uh, they're in fifth and sixth right now, and I have both of them at a little better than four to one to podium. It's to go in the top three. So if something crazy happens and one of those guys gets into the top three, it'll be a re- very, very good day. If Verstappen can hold on, it will be a good day regardless because had him to win it two to one. But uh, the plot thickens, let's just put it that way. Also, George Russell in a, in a nice position here. Okay, before we move on to the last two, and they're good ones, reminder that you can get 25% off on a PFF subscription for the remainder, uh, for an, another year, a whole year of PFF for 25% off using promo code FORECAST, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T, um, at pff.com. That gives you all PFF's article content unlocked, all the fantasy football tools, rankings, and projections for your fantasy league to make sure that you have the right strategy to execute and beat everyone that you are playing against. And of course, all the betting tools. Uh, like the best bets tool, the player props tool, and our betting dashboards. So go to pff.com, get all that. Of course, it comes with all of PFS player grading as well for 25% off promo code forecast. All right. Uh, let's go to Seattle, Tampa Bay. Uh, this one is going to be in Germany. I've got to Timo's think, favorite team, by the way. I've got to think that Timo, who is a diehard Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, is going to give the box a little bit of home field advantage, don't you think? Yeah. Has to. You have to. Um, This is box (laughs) minus nine against Seattle. And um, the Seattle Seahawks are going to be absolutely terrible. They're going to be rotten this year. And I know this is November, so maybe they have Geno Smith by now. Maybe they have Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't care who it is. You can. This is also, by the way, I believe I saw it at Ben Online at seven and a half. Like this is. Oh, like there are places where you can lay a different number. Now again, you're tying up your money for months. If you can find it seven and a half, look. If you're tying up money that you need to spend in other places, go ahead. If you got a few extra shekels here. Um, I'll ride with the goat against whatever the hell Seattle is going to throw. So we out make there. the number ten point six. I think like we're very harsh on Seattle. There might be harsh on Seattle. I mean, jeez. <laughs> Seattle's just harsh. The Seahawks are harsh on Seattle. So the only thing I'll come back with, and again, like I look, I'm going to cloud this with the fact that like Seattle might be horrendous and like more like irreducibly so. This does kind of remind me of like the 2010, 2011 Seahawks where it's kind of like you move on from Matt Hasselbeck, mm-hmm. you know, and like they moved it from Matt Hasselbeck to Tarvaris Jackson and uh, Clipboard Jesus, uh, Charlie Whitehurst, yeah. and they, they had a decent draft though, right? And then like there's a cultural aspect to Pete Carroll that like you know that can get this team playing hard. The problem is this division's hard, really hard, and the Seahawks like just the talent level, like you know the talent level though in those. You know, early P. Carroll Seahawks team snuck up on us. Like mm-hmm. Sherman was a fifth round pick, Chancellor was a later round guy. Um, you know, so so those are the things. Like if you and then Tampa, you know, Tampa's lost some players, right? Mm-hmm. Like and you know they're not as strong as they were when they won the Super Bowl. You know, you, you don't have Sue, although he's available. You don't have uh, Ali Marpet. Um, you know, you you have Godwin coming back from an injury. You don't have Gronk in theory. Um, don't get Gronk back. You know, uh, uh, Jordan Whitehead at safety, he's gone. 
Um, you know, like so th- they're not as strong of a team as they as they were when they won the Super Bowl. But you know, land, nine here. I mean, it, you know, I I I think that that not, nine's probably correct, if not ten. I think this should. I would have made this ten, ten and a half. 10, 10 and a half. I mean, the Seahawks are just so terrible. They they stink. I don't know why they gave Germany this game. Like, do they just not? I feel like these like overseas games, they don't try very hard. They'll go they'll go one one team from a decent fan base, mm-hmm. and like Seattle's a great fan base. Don't get me wrong, you know. But like, maybe there is a big um, Seattle contingent in uh, in Germany. Maybe you never know. Yeah, you never know. But like, but the teams they, they almost never get good teams playing each each other. It's like Dolphins, Jags. Like, yeah, and it's weird you know. because so are they looking? I would love to know more about this. Are they looking for teams that have good fan bases, or potentially for teams who have fan bases that can travel? Because even though the Seahawks are on the West Coast, really affluent um, community, mm-hmm. Seattle yep. would have the ability, you know, as a fan base generally to, to show up. But I don't think that's it. I think they're trying to grow the game. And when you try to grow the game, you want, I mean, it's the same thing you do in the U.S. when you bring European football clubs over. So you bring the ones that are good, you know, so you can yeah. see the good players. Like, that's kind of the point. I just don't know if, like, they must view, they, and, and this is why I, I know Nagler's still with us. It's like, why never, Green Bay's never been overseas, right? Like, to play a game, you know, like, maybe, maybe the ticket sales and the gate stuff for these really great teams is just too much for these cities to mm-hmm. let up one time uh, yeah, yeah I think it's, it's like 12 point. and a half percent of your income yeah i mean look here's the thing if you you are sending this is your first game in germany you are sending the greatest player of all time that's what yeah really yeah, matters. yeah that's a good point yeah right? yeah and then, and and for them maybe maybe if you're tampa and tampa is the home team in this game yep so if you're tampa you don't want to give up the saints game you don't want to give up the falcons game mm-hmm. you don't want to give up the panthers game I don't know why you wouldn't. This might be the year to give up a divisional rival. Right. Although Tampa and Carolina played overseas a couple of years ago. Um, you don't want to give up one of those games, so maybe you give up kind of the, you know, you, you say, look, you get Brady. I'm taking Brady out, um, but we'll give you the, kind of the worst game nominally. So we also have the, the Mexico City game, right? Niners, Cardinals. Yes. And did, I not, did that not get up there? I don't. It's I see it up there now. It's two okay. it's Cardinals plus two and a half. Okay. And total forty eight. Second time these two teams have played in Mexico City. The first time Josh McCown as a Cardinals quarterback threw for three hundred and eighty five yards. So this will be so uh DeAndre Hopkins suspension, six games, yeah? Yes. So he will be back for this game. Um this is November uh twenty first here, so the week before Thanksgiving. Please tell I, I and I love the Niners. Love Kyle Shanahan. Explain to me why the Niners, I know it's two and a half, but how are the Cardinals not like a three-point favorite in this game? Uh, who won more games last year? I'm just saying, I, Trey Lance? Like they've got, it's they, gotta they, be Trey Lance. they have to go to Trey Lance here. Okay? So like the Cardinals were not as good of a team as the Niners last year. The Cardinals were the biggest 11-win fraud that we've yeah, seen I, in a I long agree, time. I agree with you. And, and it showed itself in the playoffs and all this kind of stuff. I think people look at the Niners and say, look, like the Niners are every year a coin flip away from being horrid or great. And like Trey Lance is that coin this year. I mean, say what you want. The, the, or, the Hollywood Brown trade was a disaster of a trade for the Cardinals, but it could help them this year. <laughs> you know, like the fact of the matter is with those, those receivers, they could kind of figure it out. And I don't know. The, the, to me, this is a, 
I would take the the Cardinals here, just plus one fifteen on the money line. I'd also, um, I'd also tease them if you get if you have the Bucks at like say seven and a half or eight mm-hmm. and a half. I would tease the Bucks down to two and a half and the Cardinals out to eight plus eight and a half, um, and that would be your teaser that you have to wait. Uh, it's kind of a gift, right? It's like putting money in savings and then taking it out when you want to buy something nice. Uh, you have this lovely teaser for yourself um, in November. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, this is a really interesting one because the Niners, the Niners still have a weakness in the defensive backfield. Yeah. And well, the Cardinals here will be at full strength with a lot of talent at receiver. Yeah, so so you're you're not viewing the Charvarius Ward acquisition as like I mean he's as just shoring up. I mean yeah, he's yeah. a nice addition, but I don't think that that defensive backfield is one that I'm particularly so, scared of. So you of. have Jason Verrett, Charvarius Ward, and then is it Emmanuel Mosley still on the team? Yeah, but if you want Jason Verrett, I mean yeah. come on. Um Kwan Williams I, I guess, is still the nickel, I guess. I guess here's one thing, right? So um the Niners, the Niners defensive line is definitely one that could come in and wreck this game. I think that defensive line unit is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. And if the Cardinals offense isn't clicking particularly well or they have an injury on the offensive line, I think that's where you see this one. But if you have Trey Lance, I mean, the difference between Trey Lance and Kyler Murray is, is massive. So Are we still, is this to the point where Cliff Kingsbury, his, his special sauce in the beginning of the year, is that found out or not? I think a lot of it has honestly been injuries and that he can't really overcome those things. Or he requires – their offense was great last year because it was like, Kyler Murray, go ball out. And he did. And then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins got a little banged up. And I'm sure Kyler Murray's not – he's not the biggest dude in the world. I'm sure he got yeah. a little tired. Like, those things – They won uh, a couple road games uh, against the division – um, with Colt McCoy. Like, the hard part was is that year was so fluky, right? Because they were doing so well at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. by spreading the ball around. Like, Hopkins was their go-to early and often in, in 20, and that got them to 6-3 and three or whatever. Right. Early on this year, you know, this past year, they were good even without, you know, Murray having to throw to Hopkins so much. Like, you got to just piece it all together if you're the Cardinals. But unfortunately, like, their playoff game – against the Rams was one of the most putrid things I've ever watched mm-hmm. uh, a contending team try to go through. It was horrid. And I, I just, that, that seared into my brain. Like that is the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray legacy so far in my mind. And I don't know. I, I, it's going to be tough. So are you, t- are you telling me that you're taking the Niners? I'm taking here? the Niners. You're Niners. Really? Trey, I, I'm on uh, Trey area right now. Trey area. Okay. I, look, I hope I'm desperately wrong, obviously. But right now, given what we know, I... I'm worried about Trey Lance. Let me put it that way. And I don't. If you're not worried about Trey Lance, then I, I, am jealous of you. It's sort of like if you're not worried about this, you should be. Yeah. Type of, uh, yeah. But if you're not, I'm jealous of the stones that you have. Um, we have ten laps re- left in this race. Everything's bunched up. We've got Mercedes cars um, in in competition, and interestingly, uh, it looks like George Russell will overtake Lewis Hamilton, which is interesting because that there could have been a decision by Mercedes there to help Lewis a little bit, and he's their guy, obviously, and it, it doesn't seem like they did. This is just me kind of half-watching this. So that's interesting. Um, Ferrari in second and third, but I think that uh, Sergio Perez 
big Red throw Bull. by Slaughter. Big the throw Red by Bull Slaughter. Will, uh, big we'll catch third and eight. The problem is, see, here's the thing, Eric. So I had Max Verstappen winning this race at two to one. And he had like a massive lead, a massive lead. Some other doofus crashes on the track. And now he has less than a second lead. And less than a second means you get DRS, which allows the car behind you to gain about, you know, 10 to 15 miles per hour on straightaways. And that can help you catch up. Now, luckily, the the Red Bull is just that much faster. I think he'll be able to hold on, but not good. Not good for me. I know people care. The Red Bull sounds like like one of my nicknames in college. It's not as it's not as good as the Sultan, but I do agree. The Red the Red Bull would be a very interesting nickname for you in college, um, at Morehead State. Uh, do we have anything else to talk about, or is that uh, is that it? That for appears this podcast? okay. Uh, yeah, let's. Um... Uh, do we do recommendations? If you have a recommendation, I have one. I've been listening to this book on tape called Unknown Market Wizards by Jack D. Schwager. Okay. It, is, it is a book uh, where a lot of, he interviews people who are sort of, you know, in, in the markets, you know, the stock markets and mm. bond markets and things like that. And there's a lot of connections with sports betting there. I will just say, like, discipline, you know, sort of when to cut losses, when to make plays, all that kind of stuff. Uh, a very uh, a very interesting uh, listen, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming if you read it, I I just don't have the time to to read as many as, as I, I listen to it on Audible. Okay, um, market unknown market wizards. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's my recommendation for this week, and take this as a partial recommendation so far. I will confirm next week. It appears, unless things go really chaotic over the next like ten hours, that I will be making a rather long flight tomorrow i'm excited i'm excited for you by yeah the way. i hope i fingers crossed but it looks good now it's a it's a flight to europe and it is um a red eye so i'm sitting here going well if i i can't and i can't sleep on planes so your boy has done a lot of research here um because i wasn't paying five grand for a first class ticket so shocker i know um so i'm trying to find uh pillows that like work here so I have two pillows that I've purchased, okay? One of them is called, it's a turtle, T-R-T-L. They can't afford the bowels. Turtle, turtle. Um, and it's like, it looks like you have a broken neck. I actually wore it on a, a Zoom call and someone thought it broke my neck. Um, and it like has something on the side that you can kind of like rest into. But then I have one called an infinity pillow. And I encourage everyone to just go check this out because it's redonkulous looking. It's this large circular pillow that you can turn into an infinity sign and then double up around your neck and like rest your hands in the front and it like supports your neck and like a it's wonky as hell but Love. i've tested it out you know because i'm trying to figure yeah, out yeah. which one i want to try and rock with here so i can get some sleep on this flight and i tested it out just trying to like kind of doze off and it sort of feels like it's going to work okay so if you have to make a long trip i'm telling you to go check those two out i will have a um a definitive answer for you okay Love. uh next week i i can't time. sleep on planes either i've tried my hardest um i can sleep in an airport that's pretty easy i'd love people if people have this is it yes there we go <laughs> that's gonna be me that's, that's amazing that's gonna be there's me. like a baby in there or something right so it's <laughs> like the so closest george is ever gonna have a yeah, baby around so his that's neck. there's that's one of the ways that you can fold it and you can like put your hands in the loops at the front one of the most annoying things for me on planes is if you rest your arms on the 
on the armrest, your like arms go numb because they just dig into your forearms. Yeah. But you kind of just rest it in there. Um, but you can also like unfurl it and like put one loop behind your back and okay. one behind your neck. It's crazy. So, and I promise you it's actually a pillow. It's not like some weird, you know, something else. Love. But uh, yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. We thank you all for hanging out. We've got five laps left. I hope you bet on the man that cannot be stopped. Max for stopping. If you didn't, there's always next race. It's a long season. Um, oh boy. Uh, never mind. I thought that was, never mind. Love you all. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.